Thanks for tuning in to a special episode of Prayer in the Word. Well, first, let me say, Happy Easter. He is risen. So I'm recording this right now, 5 a.m. Easter morning, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm I'm excited to look at Psalm 22. I'm actually going to look at the second half of Psalm 22. Psalm 22 uh, is often quoted in times of Good Friday, for instance. Uh, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The opening lines. But the second half is often left off or unexplained. And so we're going to take a look at Psalm 22 and see how uh, uh, what it has to do actually also too with not only the death of Jesus on the cross as a prophecy uh, that Jesus fulfills in that, but also the resurrection. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Happy Easter. We're looking at Psalm 22, and I figure I should probably go ahead and give this explanation for those of you who um, are just listening through a podcast and uh, not watching on YouTube. On YouTube, actually on my channel, I do um, have the text on the screen, and I'm using my Surface to actually write. So if you hear tapping on the screen or kind of uh, tapping, doodling around, you'll you'll know that's what that is. If you hear that in your earbuds as you're listening uh, to this, uh, the the tapping on the screen is me actually drawing on the surface. For those who are going to be watching on YouTube, so they can see as I, I draw as I talk. And we're looking at Psalm 22, and it is the uh, famous famous passage in reference to uh, messianic prophecy that Jesus fulfills, and he cries out, "My God, my God." Why have you forsaken me? And that's the opening lines of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? And from the words of my groaning. Sounds like he's saying, God, you're not hearing my prayer. And, uh, you know, it's often even preached this way, sometimes on Good Friday, uh, you know, uh, and uh, you hear it in some of our popular worship songs that will have, uh, for instance, uh, uh, Stuart Townsend uh, has a lyric in a song that he wrote, um, and it says that the father turned his face away. Um, you also see um, in a song made popular by Carrie Job that uh, says that as heaven took its final breath, uh, or no, as, uh, as he took his final breath or something like that, heaven turned away. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the only thing I have wrong with that is just, you know, really when you look at the scripture verse, when you look at the promise that, that, that um, Jesus is clinging to from the cross, you know, Jesus, when he prayed Psalm 22, when he prayed those opening lines, many commentators have openly said, you know, this is Jesus clearly connecting himself with the full fulfillment of the deeper meaning of Psalm 22. Psalm 22 was first prayed by King David. Um, But as you read it, you're like, man, I hope there's no man alive that would ever go through the pain and agony that is seen here. And clearly what you see is references to what would come true on the cross. You see different things that explicitly took place at Calvary, actually. Um, You see all those who see me mock me. uh, They wag their heads at me. That's actually uh, uh, Matthew's gospel makes a quotation of that, that people wagged their heads as they walked by. Um, let's see here, verse um, uh, 20, let's see here, yeah, 
uh, I'm poured out like water, verse 14, and all of my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. Um, my tongue sticks to my jaws. And, and, you know, so you see the thirsting of Jesus on the cross, asking for water, that all of his bones would have been out of joint as he's hanging on the cross, trying to stand himself up to get breath. Verse 16 is probably the most clear. It says this, Dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircle me. They've pierced my hands and my feet. Pierced my hands and my feet. Such a clear reference to the cross. Uh, but only a few verses later from, from verse 16, we get to verse 19. And we'll look at verses 19 through 24. But really from 19 through the end of the chapter, uh, verse 31, there is hope and fulfillment of not just the death of the cross, but you see really the resurrection here, uh, 19 through 31. And you see this, that but Lord, oh, but you, O oh Lord, do not be far. O oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of dogs. Save me from the mouth of the lion as you have rescued me. What's really neat there is seeing how David here first, and, and I think Jesus claiming rightly with it, is is crying out, even in a midst of time when he feels like my his prayers aren't being heard, my God, my God, and he's claiming prior uh, answers to prayer. Uh, you know, he's remembering and recalling how, how God has been faithful in the past. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. And so he's, he's claiming that. He's asking that God not be far, though he come quickly to help, because you have rescued me in the past. And, and that's something we can learn from in regards to our own prayer life, especially when we feel like God is, especially, is, is distant, because it's a paradoxical passage, right? Ver, verse 1 is really a paradox of sorts, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The one who is forsaken is still nonetheless crying out, my God, my God. And so even if you're in a place right now feeling forsaken, you too can cry out, my God, my God, and remember how God has been faithful in the past to hear your prayer and to answer. And take hope, take courage, have your faith be strengthened in this. And in case you, you weren't convinced enough for the this sort of paradox or tension of sorts of my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And why I'm a little bit hesitant with these lyrics of the Father turned his face away or heaven looked away. That's not convincing enough. Just follow along with me. We'll see when we get in verse 22. I'll tell of your name to my brothers. This is an explicit reference to Hebrews. Um, it's uh, Hebrews, I think, chapter 2, uh, verse 21, I believe. Uh, essentially, um, right after the uh, supremacy of um, of uh, Jesus over the angels, you see now uh, the author of Hebrews who's uh, pointing this out of, um, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will praise you that he's not ashamed to call us brothers. That is Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers. That's the point of Hebrews. Um, for we have one source is what it says there. And some people say that that one source is 
um, uh, the atonement, the source of our uh, brotherhood, that Jesus made one, one atonement. Some would say it's uh, Abraham. Uh, others would say now it's uh, the we have one father through our brother Jesus because the father has now adopted us. I think it's the latter. I think it's that that um, that we have one source is the father. Um, uh, now is uh, Jesus is our big brother because of what he has done. That we're adopted into the family of God. So I think this is in reference to our adoptions as sons and daughters of the father. Um, that's why he can now call us brothers. Uh, also may relate to explicitly to the fact that he took on humanity, right? To, so he can rightly call us brothers, fully God, fully man. Jesus took on human flesh and can rightfully call us brothers. And he'll do this and say this in the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. So Psalm 22, this was on Jesus' mind from the cross that he will praise. He will exalt the Father for you. You, uh, you who fear the Lord, praise Him, and and all you offspring of Jacob, glorify Him. Praise Him, glorify Him, and stand in awe of Him. For He has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the affliction. Wait a second. Thought the Father turned His face away, having looked away. No, He has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. So when Jesus from the cross crawls out, cries out, my God, my God, verse 24 tells us, he didn't turn his face away. Heaven didn't look away. Not utterly, at least, right? I mean, uh, uh, that's why I think the lyric is a bit suspect. At least he didn't utterly look away. Completely forsake. Because, see, Jesus is crying out, My God, my God is one who knows I'm not utterly or totally forsaken. And uh, many times, like I said, the sermon goes something like this on Good Friday. You know, the Father turned away, and they're really quoting not Scripture. They're quoting a, a, a song lyric from a good song. I like the song. I, I do, minus that one part. But pastors are quoting that song and not Scripture. And... Uh, and, and so the father turned his face away, um, but he hasn't hidden his face. And if the father turned his face away in that moment, yes, I understand that he, it's the sin that he bore. And they'll say, you can't even stand to look at the sin. And if that's true, then what's our hope of going before the Lord as one who's poor and needy? And so our hope, our confidence of Jesus, even in that moment of bearing the judgment and actually truly not just bearing the judgment, actually becoming a curse for us, bearing our sin, can go to God still and say, God, hear me. Don't be far. Come quickly to my aid. Then you and I in our sin have hope, just like Jesus did, to cry out to God, God, don't be far from me. Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to cleanse you of your sin and to heal you from all unrighteousness. So, honestly, I, I feel like that's that's why I make a big deal of this. You know, some say, well, it's a big deal of this little lyric. I think it disarms us from this hope that we have to be able to pray to God. Because if he can't look at the son, the son fully taking on sin, 
becoming a curse for us, then what's our hope that God could look to us and hear our prayer in that moment of coming before God to confess our sin, begging God as one who's poor and needy and not be far off to come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul. Save me. So that's our hope. It's our hope uh, not only on Good Friday in the, re- in the cross, but hope on Resurrection Sunday. And so, happy Easter. Let's pray through this passage. Uh, maybe you want to take some time today and just write down all the things that you can remember about how God has rescued you. How Jesus took hope and courage in what God had done for him. And David, the same before Jesus praying on the cross, took hope in what God had done in the past. And taking greater hope even in what was coming ahead. The day when Jesus said, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I'll praise you and you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him. And then let me just show you how this passage ends. It's not on the screen, but Psalm 22, verse 31 says this. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. And that would be you and I. That he has done it. Do you remember Jesus' words from the cross? It is finished. He has done it. Let's pray together. God, my God, who am I that I get to pray? My God. My God, me, so riddled with sin, flawed in so many ways, and yet you let me come before you and say, my God, my God. And God, there's times where I have felt forsaken, and I know there's people listening right now who who are going through moments of feeling forsaken, maybe because they're having Easter alone, maybe it's because of death and suffering of loved ones and they feel forsaken. God, you feel distant. God, would you not be far off? God, would you come quickly to their aid? Deliver their soul from the sword, God. Truly, Lord, their life is precious. But God, our hope is in the precious, supremely precious life of Jesus. Who went to the cross and Lord, you've rescued him. You've rescued him from the grave. Death couldn't hold him. And but God, because of that rescue, we can have hope. God, as a brother or a sister, God... I pray that you would give us hope as a brother or sister. And Lord, that that we would remember who we are, uh, not in our sin, fallenness, Lord, but in who you've called us to be as adopted sons and daughters, Lord, brothers and sisters of our big brother Jesus. And Lord, may we praise you as one congregation, one assembled people of God. Uh, Lord, whether... um, we're in a closet like I am right now recording this, God, or whether you're in a car driving at the gym 
on a walk. God, would we praise you as a congregation. The people of God this Easter, God, would we praise you, glorify you, stand in awe of you, all that you've done to bring together your offspring of Israel, God, your church, building your church on the death and resurrection and resurrection power of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for not despising or boring us, Lord, in our affliction. And God, when I was in my affliction and when I was in my sin, God, Lord, that you didn't despise, but God, didn't hide your face. You heard when I cried. I still remember that day in the prayer chapel in Lynchburg, Virginia. God, that day you heard my cry for the first time. And I called on the name of Jesus. And thank you, God, for hearing my cry as one who was poor and needy. Thank you, God, for hearing my cry many, many days since then as one who's poor and needy. And so, God, I pray that you'd hear the cry of those who are praying right now, listening to my voice as we voice a prayer together, God, that you would hear our cry. Whatever the situation is, whatever the face is, they're facing right now, God, that you'd hear our cry. And God, we take hope and confidence in knowing that He has done it, God. It is finished on the cross. Our greatest need has ultimately been met in you. So, God, if we are a little brother or little sister of Jesus and you've adopted us in our family, God, we can cry out with the greatest confidence and hope that you are my God, my God, and you will not utterly forsake us. Thank you, God, for that hope. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, hey, if you liked today's episode, be sure to go to my website, matthewcbryant.com, and subscribe to my page so you can be notified about new episodes and other posts that are going to be on my blog, and also about my forthcoming book, How to Pray, A Quick Guide for More Consistent, Joyful, and Biblical Prayer. Hey, I'd love to hear from you. Um, what was helpful uh, about today's episode? Um, is there anything else that you'd like me to address in future episodes? Maybe questions you have about prayer, questions you have about the Word, how to stay the Word? Um, are there questions that you'd like to disengage with me about life in general, how things are going? I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me at matthewcbryant.com slash contact. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.